Hey everyone, welcome to episode 231 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Sands to Jeff, sands the Andy, it is Randy. You know, with the changing of the seasons from summer to fall, it feels great for those of us that live in Florida. There comes with it, though, the joy that we as Floridians celebrate as, you know, we've survived yet again another Florida summer. It also comes with, every four years, an interruption at the beginning of our joy, relishing in these cooler temperatures, a jolt of division that seemingly rocks our nation every presidential election, and maybe no more felt in any one state than Florida. Do we have to go back to the hanging chads as a maybe a, a beginning point? This year seems to be on pace to be no different and quite possibly a simple extension of the craziness that has defined 2020 so far. So here's to all of you who took the time to perform your civic duty and helped perpetuate the greatest experiment in freedom this world has ever known after Jesus gave us our freedom. Flaws and all for America, but still a pretty great experiment. For those that may not receive emails from Whole Life Church or push notifications from our mobile app, I wanted to read a passage from Pastor Andy McDonald from today entitled Election Day. This is something he does, I'm pretty sure, every election, or at least this is the second election that I've been a member here. So at least it's been the last two. We'll go that far. He said, I wish you peace. This is your father's world. Peace. Hopefully thoughtful ballot cast as good citizens. Rest in the calm assurance God is in control. Whichever color state takes the day, God will not be caught off guard. In defeat or victory, God's call is to love. Love the political enemy. From Paul, for our contentious times. If people persecute you, don't curse them. Pray God will bless them. Never avenge yourselves. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Don't let evil get the best of you. Conquer evil by doing good. Romans 12. And in closing, he said, Be a church without walls. Be fully engaged in serving the people of our community, red and blue. And for those of us who are registered independents, I guess that includes us too, those kind of straight down the center. Definitely wise words at a time when so many have been put through so much worry and have invested so much worry, equity, and trust into human politicians who, doesn't matter who you voted for, they're all going to surely let us down at some point, regardless who wins or who loses. So thank you, Andy, for those words. Just be a church without walls. Be fully engaged in serving everybody, red, blue, and independent, and everyone in between within our community. Also, before I begin, I want to send a virtual fist bump and thank you to Doug Spinella. Doug is always listening, and he's usually willing to share his thoughts, and he has on several occasions, usually by text message, which he did this time, earlier this week. He sent a text that said, I really enjoyed episode 230, especially the discussions around majority of our lives is just ordinary life and how we live in that. I talk about life as constantly being in the middle and it is there we learn to love and share life with those we choose to build relationship with. I believe Jesus calls us to be extraordinary in the ordinary. And uh, he included uh, Andy and Jeff on that conversation. So thank you for that uh, exchange, Doug. It's always good to get some feedback. And I couldn't agree more that for most of us, our lives are predominantly in the middle. 
And instead of being ho-hum while we're waiting for the next big thing to happen in our lives, we learn to love and share life with others who need the same support and relationships that we all long for. Maybe never more so than now in 2020 since the beginning of the pandemic. Make the middle great again, and our lives will be so much richer in the end for it. As always, we would love your questions and or comments, things we said, something we didn't say, something we got wrong. Please send them along, and I'm happy to include them on the next episode and expand our conversations. You can send a text or voicemail. I'd actually play the voicemail if you'd like on the podcast to 407-965-1607 or, of course, email podcast at wholelife.church. All right, on to this week. This was While We Wait one more in our series, and this one was on the story of Daniel. And as we continued into this series, we've looked at Abraham, Job, Joseph, Moses, and of course now Daniel. And at the beginning, I was wondering, how is Andy going to attack this subject? Because frankly, it seemed a bit limited. I mean, how many times can you talk about waiting in the air quotes? Yeah, we get it. We have to wait. We don't like it. We aren't very good at it. But we have no choice in the matter, really, because even from a Christian perspective, until Jesus comes back or we die, we pretty much wait. What's the alternative? But I hope you've been as blessed as I have through the stories that he's chosen to examine this in a different light of waiting. This week's story focused on Daniel, but more importantly on Daniel's trait, his best trait, his unwavering and uninterrupted prayer life. I don't know about you, but just speaking directly to yours truly, there has never been a time in my life when I felt like there wasn't something or probably a lot that I could improve on in my prayer life. It's had its ups and downs like anything. It's had some, oh, maybe great times, but equally as many or more times that probably would be better forgotten. As I thought about Daniel's commitment as I was listening to Andy's message on Saturday, And then going through it again today, I thought about Daniel's commitment to God in a relationship through prayer that I can only hope that someday, you know, I might achieve through just, just, he had an extreme commitment to making it number one, like beyond anything else in his life. Nothing came before this. Coincidentally, it also seems like committing to this puts a huge neon bullseye on your back for the devil to aim at every single minute of every day. It really isn't any surprise to me that the very thing that the devil used against Daniel for his desired destruction would be the very thing he had no desire to change. He, meaning Daniel, had no desire to change or to hide. And initially it might seem like, Why would I want to give the devil that kind of a target in my life? Well, we already give him those kind of targets with our favorite sins. We don't stop those. He knows what those are. So it's not like, oh, well, if I just don't do something really great, he won't bother me. Maybe he has to work a little bit harder. But the brilliance of it lies in the fact that while it's probably an easy target, Daniel proves that at his commitment level and relationship with God, that God has given him this power for just this commitment and for all the things that he's accomplished that he's had to endure since being a captive. He's given him all this. And in return, Daniel has this amazing, just 
hold on his on this prayer life and a hold on God. I'm not going to let you go. It's the strongest bond and friendship that we can forge. And then, honestly, it's for our ultimate protection. Not that bad things can't happen to us. I mean, he got thrown into the lion's den after all. But God just becomes our best friend. And we learn that when, you know, everything else that has failed us, <laughs> everything else is going to fail us. And really all that we hold dear can be threatened or taken from our control, from our lives. Man, at the end of the day, we realize that God is the only one that can prepare us and just carry us through whatever and whenever the devil hits that bullseye. I don't know. I, the more I've thought about this, there's a lot of things that I had never considered about the story of Daniel in this way before. Yeah, we we know that it was the law was made to set Daniel up. And, you know, again, it's an easy target, but maybe the best thing I took away from this message was the confidence that Daniel had in God somehow and in what was his best friend, seemingly. And I don't know exactly when you get to that point where you have so much confidence, you have so much so so much there's just no lack of there's just no doubt that whatever comes your way whether it be good bad or indifferent the confidence is i don't know what god's doing with this but I, he's god i'm not and however this works out it's going to be for what he needs to accomplish i mean he took a modern day equivalent of basically having his religious freedoms revoked with the threat of a gruesome death sentence I mean, he knew what was going to happen, being torn apart alive by hungry lions. And it just doesn't phase him. It doesn't give him pause. It doesn't, he doesn't have an argument with God like Job did, like we talked about earlier in this series. He just went about his day. I mean, he just went back and said, I don't care what the law is. This is not who I am. It's not what I believe. It's not how... I can't abandon my best friend who has always taken care of me through this being taken captive and the indoctrination of Babylon and all the things that they had survived to this point. And so he's just so strong and so confident. And that looks really good. That's really inviting, but it's also very hard. It just, but that confidence in just what was right and what he was grounded in that it was not even like the thought never entered his mind. Like, Hmm, well, here's this new law and it really wouldn't change anything. If I wasn't so public about what I did and I can still pray and no one would know about it. And I can just hold off for 30 days. I can avoid all the trouble. I've got a good spot in the kingdom. I'm a powerful person. And I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not doing anything wrong by not being as public as I was, right? I mean, I still love God. That doesn't change anything from that perspective. So, hmm, why, why make my life so difficult? And I think that might be the part, at least speaking for me, that probably comes into the, <laughs> I think that's where the doubt comes in. It's like, man, why would I do that when it's not, it's not a sin, to pray in private. It's not a sin to be more reserved or, oh, I don't know, to avoid trouble. It's, none of this is a sin. It's just, I can avoid it, but should I? 
And so I think it's that decision that he knows what the ramifications or what the likelihood that this – I mean he knows this isn't going to go unnoticed, right? I, I just don't see any way that that can possibly be. And he comes off as this, again, this strong, confident person in who he was and who he was in God. And he just went about his business as if, you know, the law had never happened. He just knew that God was working everything out. Like nothing was above God's pay grade on this or anything else. And he was able to save him or resurrect him, whichever way God decided to go with this. And he was fine with whatever God's plan was. So imagine the daily confidence of living life with that much faith in God as your best friend to just live and not fear. I mean, just let that sink in for a little bit. Just really concentrate on that, that, you know, Daniel knew that it wasn't just like, oh, there might be in a modern day equivalent, there might be jail time or there might be, I don't know, some kind of civic penalty. We have to do community service hours. There's a fine for the first offense. I mean, you're dead and you're getting ripped apart while alive by hungry lions. I mean, I mean, who's choosing this? Who's putting themselves in harm's way if you don't have that relationship? So to me, trying to put those two together, and again, it's a story that probably most of us have heard before, but it really puts it into some perspective. When you've done everything and God has led you through so much and you get to this point, you're like, really? I mean, me praying for others to see in my daily routine is going to be what gets me eaten by lions? <laughs> God, really? I mean, there's no guarantee of which way this is going to go. And it just, man, that I know that would, I know that that would just throw me into a loop and I'd have to go, all right, God, I have to trust you, but do I have enough faith? Is God my close enough friend to overcome what Daniel had to overcome and choose the unknown and a really gruesome known if that's the way it goes. I don't know. That's a that's just a hard one to think about and to wrap my mind around. I've been thinking on it and I, you know, we always like to think, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, you get me down to that point and then you kind of know you're in that defining moment and you have to shine, right? This is what we've done all the praying, all the reading, all the wanting God to be our friend and trying to, you know, live like we know we're saved and God's grace is over, has come over us and our salvation is provided for us. And, you know, all these things, it's like, why be a Christian if you can't make it through a time like this? But yet we know so many won't at the end of time. So this is just a powerful, powerful story thinking of how long he waited and how long he endured all these different things and to get to this point to go, well, I guess if this is it, then okay, God, we're, we're rolling, but I'm not changing the very thing that has given me essentially all this success and all this confidence. I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Anyway, 
that's just something to think on. And it's, it just kind of hurts my head to wrap my head around it, but it's a good hurt because it also fuels within me a desire to say to myself, take that time, pray every chance you can get. Ooh, and the tough one, you got to find a way to tune things out and create quiet space where you can have these conversations with God. That's absolutely, and I'm, I'm sure this is probably true of most of us, but that is the toughest part to me about making this commitment is trying to find that time and that quiet. It's not, it's not, it's not who I am. And I'm not a person who just likes to sit and listen in quiet. I love to read and, and that's okay to be quiet. Although I do like to listen to classical music when I read, which my mom thought was really, really weird. How can you listen to music and read a book? But somehow it works for me. <laughs> and so anyway, but I know that I want it and I know that I want it for myself. I know I want it for my wife and my, my girls and my friends, the people from church, my church community, and just everyone. Because who doesn't want to live with this kind of confidence, especially now, in, in the time that we're living in? And Andy read a quote from the book, The Ministry of Healing. And it was so spot on about, you know, what many are probably feeling is, you know, the turmoil of 2020, the election going on tonight as I'm recording this. And all these begin to draw to a close and we hope, oh my goodness, whatever happens in the election happens. And, you know, 2020, the, the coronavirus and, you know, vaccine and herd immunity and all the implications of everything that goes along with it. And as those start to draw a close and we hope for a better 2021, the quote said, Above the distractions of the earth, God sits enthroned. All things are open to his divine survey. And from his great and calm eternity, he orders that which is providence, which his providence, excuse me, sees best. From his great and calm eternity, he orders that which, is, which his providence sees best. <clears throat> On the eve of what will likely be one of the most bitter presidential elections in our history that we've been alive, anyone listening, regardless of who wins or loses again, that sounds pretty good to me. He orders that which his providence sees best. Not mine, not yours. Not any of the candidates for president or anything else for that matter. Eesh. But what his, what he orders that which God provi providence sees best. That's really, really reassuring. All right. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how is God connected with you in prayer? It, oh, connected with you through prayer. So... Much of that connection for me has been an absence of fear in my life. And I wouldn't say that that is um, something that's been around for a long time. But over the last probably decade or more, it has been growing more and more, maybe the last 20 years. I mean, I believe that his gift was sufficient for me and my life as a sinner. I can't change his grace and that it has taken care of my salvation. My prayer life, ah. Far from perfect, <laughs> always makes me feel connected though. And it's reassuring. And his guidance for the things that I pray for, for myself, for my family, for others, for people that God puts in my path, maybe I'm maybe I'd best describe it as confidence in his plan 
whatever it is, and me with a small amount of confidence that I might be able to just stay out of the way and listen enough to work towards all the needed outcomes for him to just come and take us home. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I say whatever, whoever's supposed to be in power as president of the United States, God already knows it. He already has things in place. I feel good about that. I'm just ready for him to come and take us home. I can't wait for that. So what about you? How has God connected with you through prayer? So just consider sharing what he's done in your life. We're all better for hearing how God works in the lives of each of us and those that are in our circles, those in our church family, regular family, friends. It just uplifts and supports in so many different ways. And it's always good and reassuring that it's like, I'm not alone in this. Someone else feels the same way. So you can send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send it in an email to podcast at wholelife.church. And I will share those by either reading your comments. I can play your voicemail, read the email, however you send it. Would love to hear from you. All right. Our final thoughts are from the closing to Andy's message this past week. He said that night in the lion's den while he waited for morning, I imagine Daniel was thankful for his disciplined practice of talking with God that had prepared him for this moment of crisis. Does anything feel better than the affirmation from God of living out his plan to the best of our abilities in our lives? I love that statement. Prepared him for this moment of crisis. Discipline practice. Those are the tough ones. <laughs> you know, we like the, it prepared him for the moment of crisis, but the discipline practice that it took to get there, that's kind of the tough one. All right. Next week, we continue with While We Wait, and it's going to be David. And another, every week I just think, who's going to be the next person? Who could possibly top the next one or the last one? And it's, this week is going to be David. So join us next week online on Speaking of Grace, that happens every Tuesday evening about 8 p.m. And then, of course, Wednesday morning, we'll be back as usual. It'll be episode 232. And if all goes well, Jeff and Andy will join me for that episode. So thanks for listening, guys. The sun's going to come up tomorrow. I pray that I wake up tomorrow. But all will continue on, no matter who wins the election. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week. <laughs>